0: You're listening to Build for Impact,
1: brought to you by MarketScale, with your host, Daniel Hewitt. Hello, audience. Welcome again to Build for Impact. I'm Daniel Hewitt, your host, and today I'm joined by a dear friend and colleague, Drew Shula. Drew's the founder and principal at Vertical Group, a leading Los Angeles, California-based full service, green building consulting firm who specializes in certification, project management, net zero. We'll get back to net zero because they're very focused on net zero. Uh, They do commissioning, energy modeling, and even program management. What's super impressive is Vertical Group is a certified B Corporation and a 1% for the planet member company. So, in addition to managing some of the highest-profile green building projects in California and other places, they uh, include things like Living Building uh, Challenge projects. Uh, they've done several Lead Platinum projects, and they hold the world's largest net-zero building conference annually. Uh, that that they plan will share contact info. For the Vertical Group, V E R D I C A L group.com, and dialogue with Drew. So, without further ado, Drew, hello, how are you?
0: Hey, Daniel,
1: great. How you doing today? Really good. And really, thank you so much for joining us on Build for Impact. Uh, so, that, oh, sorry, I interrupted already. <laughs> uh, happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and as you can tell, I'm excited to dialogue with you. Uh, So really what Build for Impact wants to do is expose our audience to thought leaders and conversation to inspire emulation on their part around the macro trends that I've identified uh, that include resiliency, sustainability, of course, material transparency, And the all-important, wellness. So when we start thinking about that stuff, I will start with sustainability and premise the listener that Drew has been super active on advisory boards, including USGBC Los Angeles, where he's a past board member. Uh, And he's also a founder of the Living Future Collaborative in Los Angeles. Uh, So... Drew, sustainability, go ahead.
0: Hey, well, I wasn't the actual founder of living, living Future LA, but I was part of the founding steering committee group of people. And um, it's something that we have been very passionate about um, pushing in, in Los Angeles is the idea of living buildings uh, or buildings that um, harvest the energy that they need from the sun and the wind Um, are built of healthy materials and that um, keep people healthy, the occupants of the buildings inside. And, um, you know, the four focus areas of your podcast, Daniel, that you mentioned around resiliency, sustainability, material transparency, and wellness um, are all very interrelated. And um, it's, it's great to join you today to talk about these things that are really the focus of my work at Vertical Group. Um, and just a quick sort of backstory on on my background and the company. Um, Vertical Group was founded in 2012. Um, it was a, a California garage startup story um, in Pasadena. Uh, no heat and no cooling in the garage. I'd I'd sit out there in 100 degree days in the summer, sweating and. Um, you know ice cold down to the high forties and fifties in the winter with my winter jacket and hat on and uh, through the years vertical group slowly grew um, organically as we as we gained clients and projects and um, we're now a 10 person um, specialty sustainability and green building uh, consulting firm Uh, we're based in Los Angeles and that's really all that we do is is uh, green green building work. Um, and I, I always describe vertical group as having um, a couple main buckets for the type of work that we do. There is certification work. So uh, things like lead certification, living building challenge certification, um, declare labels around material transparency. Um, well fit well, etc. Um, even Envision for infrastructure um, and Cal Green Code in California, which is one of the most advanced green building codes in the country. Um, beyond that, we've got uh, more technical services like energy modeling and commissioning around building systems. Um, and then finally, we do our conference every year, uh, the Net Zero Conference. This will be the uh, seventh year, I believe. Uh, the Net Zero 2020 conference is is uh, being planned right now for uh, the middle of September, and uh, we're announcing for the first time it'll it'll be a virtual event this year, which has been a big shakeup in the events industry uh, related to COVID 19 and everything moving uh, virtual. Uh, we had planned to have it in person at the LA Convention Center, uh, and it's the largest uh, net zero building focused event in the world. we we're, we're amazed at how it's grown you know the first year seven years ago was you know about 100 people showed up it was just something we were passionate about and wanted to help to educate our clients on net zero buildings and we did it the next year and 300 people showed up and it just grew and grew from there we we kept doing it annually and uh, it's been really exciting to help inspire as many people as as we can and really scale the idea of net zero buildings you know, as far and wide as we can through the conference.
1: Yeah. So it's really cool that when you first started, uh, people from perhaps 90 miles away made the first one, except for one special guest that was a long distance traveler that you actually called out. And that was me. Uh, So you're like, we'd like to welcome Daniel from fabulous Las Vegas Nevada to our to our conference
0: and I haven't missed it since you probably came the furthest to get to that first event and that's cool that that you were there from day one and I love our our history through the years collaborating and working together and it's you're you've been such a leader in the industry that it's it's great to connect with you here today to talk about all the things we've done together the past decade
1: Yeah you know so our listeners, Drew and I go back about 10 years, and we really sort of rolled up shirts, uh, shirt sleeves when we were collaborating at Living Building Challenge stuff. So we'd been going to the Living Building Challenge unconference for years, and I believe it was 2011, uh, but certainly I know 2012, we spent more time dialoguing. Um, when you when you were launching your firm, and uh, I was a big proponent of what you were doing, because you sort of took a risk, you stepped out there, and said, "Yeah, I'm going to make this my day job, and I'm going to really focus on helping people." And you've been a mentor for so many over the years uh, in, in these channels. So, you know, we touched down on resiliency as one of the pillars of this podcast. And, and really, the work that you're doing is so supportive of resiliency, even though you don't take a strong stand on it, you know, uh waving a flag saying, look, I'm a resiliency leader. Yet you are. So let's talk about the impacts that you're work around net zero buildings and the net zero conference have done to say reduce carbon emissions and, and how that in turn helps the planet
0: yeah absolutely um well there's so many threads here so you know resiliency is is really important um and very linked to the idea of sustainability. Um, When I think about resiliency, it's just the idea of being able to withstand a challenge. Um, And in the built environment, um, you know, that might be COVID-19 like we're facing now with this pandemic. What does that mean for buildings? How do we come back to clean, healthy, safe environments um, once everyone comes back to work? And we're still in the in the throes of how we respond to this pandemic right now. Um, but it, but there you know resiliency planning for buildings also relates to natural disasters um, like earthquakes or wildfires. And it's very important that we think about these extreme um, possibilities before they happen to create resiliency plans uh, for buildings that can withstand these types of of, uh, of things happening. Um, and then you know, with sustainability, Sustainability is about uh, things working for the long term. And the ideas of sustainability and and resiliency, again, are very linked. And in buildings, we're we're talking about creating healthy spaces that really work for the occupants that aren't going to be full of toxic materials. Um, Daniel, you and I have talked about um, the relationship uh, between the idea of when you go into a grocery store and you can pick up the food on the shelf you can see the ingredients that are in the in, on the packaging for the for the product that you're about to consume. Same idea for um, for building products, and we really need that transparency for exactly what ingredients are in our products that we're surrounding ourselves with. As we spend ninety percent of our time indoors, we really don't have that transparency for for most building products. And there's a, a big movement starting to happen now um, to get there. Uh, uh, declare labels from the International Living Future Institute, being being one of those uh, certifications out there for building products, and to really avoid those most toxic chemicals. Um, but these are these are all ideas: resiliency, sustainability, materials transparency, and wellness. Um, they're all ideas that we promote and focus on at our Net Zero conference, and uh, there we're, we're bringing together you know the top you know names in the industry to to share their cutting edge ideas. Um, so if you want to check it out, it's netzeroconference.com. You can see some of the, the keynotes and talks and topics um, that are most relevant uh, as we really push the green building movement forward um, from 2020 into the future.
1: Yeah, I think it's great that, that we've collaborated so much over the years, but I really admire the audience growth that your Net Zero Conference has experienced. And and really, it's a testament to being humble, which you are, Uh, you know, inviting people without an ulterior motive, except for sharing that knowledge and and continuing to drive and build a future. So in that regard, you're helping build resiliency by virtue of educating. Um, I'm going to flip topics just a little bit. So my background, again, is mechanical engineering. Um, I've also got a degrees in architecture and in urban planning. And, and Drew and I share that uh, architecture background. Uh, but where I do uh, in, in my engineering work, specific focus on buildings related to in energy, water efficiency, and the resource stuff. Drew's team has continued to drive that stuff to make it recognized in the state of California and prove that it's possible. Uh, I'm also going to touch on on the material transparency for a little bit because I actually serve uh, uh, with an organization named Global Green Tag International um, who actually are one of the premier uh, certification bodies – for products internationally. And I, I'm really happy that you touched down on Declare because we're starting to see global green tag clients asking how difficult is it for us to assist them with their Declare labels. And you and I both know it's, it's difficult to the sense of transparency and sharing down to 100 ppm What ingredients go into the product? And after that, what have you done to mitigate any potential damage that's being done? And at the end of it all, Green Tag has what's called a health rate, which is the healthiness in use for the final product for the end user. And in that regard, Drew, the healthiness in use for the final product, can you talk about the synergy and the holistic effect that the green building projects that you've done have uh, in in this regard, including all those things?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the materials transparency space in the in the building world right now is one of the most exciting. Um, sort of revolutions that's happening uh, just because we have never had that line of sight into you know what you know what the ingredients are of the chair that we sit in every day or the you know the, the bed that we sleep in or you know products and furniture that are in, in our buildings or the the walls and ceilings and windows and carpets and ceiling tiles that we are surrounded by every day and this movement is you know it's it's happening. It's been going on the past few years now, and it's really starting to get some legs under it. And um, it really impacts how designers work and architects. Um, you know, typically, design. You know, architects are looking at cost for building products that they specify and aesthetics. You know, what what the things look like um, when they're when they're choosing any type of building product. But now. Um, there really needs to be a third consideration for all designers around sustainability and that includes um, the health health healthiness of the uh, materials that they're specifying in in their designs Um, so yeah it's something that uh, at Vertical Group we're we're huge proponents of Uh, we talk about a lot and we advise our teams on and and it's interesting we actually have worked on some really exciting pro- projects like Google's new Charleston East project up in the Bay Area, uh, where they're targeting uh, Living Building Challenge certification, including uh, the materials pedal. Uh, and we've been working with furniture manufacturers um, to help them get their project, their products certified with Declare labels to meet those very rigorous requirements around, uh, again, around material transparency. Um, so we, we've worked with um, some very large, you know, national uh, furniture companies and even international companies uh, to get things certified, like chairs and tables and workstations, partitions that will fill up this million square foot um, office space. Um, but beyond this one very large project that Google is really helping um, to shape the market with. The exciting thing is that it'll then cascade out into the rest of the market, you know, in California and across the country and eventually globally, where we'll, you know, I I definitely think um, this is something that will uh, continue to grow and and scale in the years to come. Um, Did I answer your question there, Daniel? I I know you had a couple threads going on there.
1: Well, I, I think that what you shared is that this isn't something that's that difficult that it's really just needing consideration and focus. And and when we do, then we can see our way through it. And I think that when people realize that you can get a material transparency report and rating on a, on a product, they're going to be happy about it, but they're also going to be wanting that more in the future.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah,
1: it's, it's interesting, I love the way that you, you
0: put it that way. A lot of sustainability and resilience ideas, they, they are very simple and a lot of it is uh, going back to the way we did things um, you know, hundreds of years ago before industrialization, um, you know, using passive design strategies um, as much as we can to use you know, natural ventilation, for example, and it really helps to reduce the energy load of, our, of the mechanical systems in our buildings. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of these ideas are common sense and um, they just have been forgotten about and they need to be resurfaced. And that's our role sitting around the table with architects and builders is to raise our hand for sustainability issues uh, and to, just to share the options and alternatives that are out there that um, are oftentimes forgotten about um, in the sort of run of the mill Almost factory like process that a lot of architects and builders take on. It's always easier just to do things the way they've always been done, you know. But some of these ideas, although simple, are very radical in, in the change that they represent and super necessary as we face the climate crisis and um, really, you know, large, potentially catastrophic um, global risks around the climate crisis. And the the real necessity for us to make these changes in the built environment, which, you know, it has an incredibly huge impact on on the globe, on our global emissions and on, you know, countries around the world.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Really, you know, as a member of uh, the International Well-Building Institute's global uh, COVID-19 task force, where we gathered uh, we ended up with 577 world experts on, you know, buildings, building sciences, wellness, sustainability, and we all shared our specific focus on what do we do to make buildings healthier and in a source of solution uh, around this, this uh, pandemic and and i see the the impact of the pandemic really opening eyes towards resiliency first but then the the attributes that sustainability brings to projects now become obvious so in that regard the you know the wellness aspects of us just creating a hvac air distribution sy- system excuse me that uh, is effective at not only giving uniform temperature balance uh, and comfort, but also taking care of filtration and making sure that we don't recirculate pathogens uh, is huge. Now, we can do that with all the other aspects we touched down on, including materials um and then finally we get to behavior but uh the the real emphasis or focus has been around creating what we need to insert into well version 2 to make it respond to all these things and in that regard we got to a a certification of of a type to help these facilities uh, respond and get back to opening and being safe for the public. So let's touch down on on the wellness attributes and how we as professionals contribute to that in both subtle ways and very specific ways. Drew, your thoughts on that stuff because you started with Declare and materials transparency. So let's just expand on that uh, periphery a little to, to share your thoughts on why people should select the green buildings uh, of the types that we work on to, to be their only choice in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, We've talked a lot about materials uh, today. Uh, I think as it relates to, you know, the pandemic that we're, that we're currently climbing out of um, COVID-19, coronavirus, um, that is a very important uh, aspect, uh, are are the health healthiness of the materials that we specify for our buildings. But there's a, there's a couple other, um, Th- very important choices that we make as designers in the built environment that, that you just touched on as well, Daniel um, That I think every project should at least consider and again, that's you know vertical group That's our job as green building consultants is to be on the team to to be there to, to bring these things up as options for projects, but um, You know there, there's a there's rating systems that exist for sustainability for a reason they have all these ideas um, in one place, like the lead rating system. You know, Of course, they're not perfect, but they try to take a holistic look at the building um, around uh, the site, the materials, energy, water, um, indoor environmental quality. Um, same thing with well uh, and the, the well rating system that really focuses on um, the wellness attributes and how the building impacts the wellness of the occupants. Uh, or or a similar rating system like Fitwell. And rating systems for buildings are, you know, I think they're third party verifications that you're doing what you're intending to do for sustainability or wellness. Um, a lot of times, uh, clients will want to look at equivalency with a rating system or incorporate some of the ideas um, from lead or well or Fitwell. Or living building challenge, uh, but they won't they won't want to go all the way with the certification. And it's great to to do something. Anything is better than nothing. But the real rigor uh, from the review and certification process is what is what the value really comes from, and making sure that you're you're meeting all the requirements and things don't fall off the table. Um, beyond so beyond materials and rating systems. Um, Air quality uh, is another very important um, issue that we're thinking about right now you know in a post COVID-19 world. Um, things like continuous air quality monitoring. Um, there's a great company um, that I'm acquainted with called Wind WYND um, that has a product that you can get at the Apple Store and that you can roll out in larger commercial spaces as well. So for whether it's for your home or a commercial building, Um, that that does continuous monitoring for air. And that's something that will pop up on your phone, on an app, and you'll be able to see if there's a forest fire in the area, what that's doing to your air quality indoors. Um, Air changes are another issue with your mechanical uh, systems and HVAC. um, Making sure we always have enough fresh air in the building um you're looking at the same thing inside of an airplane right now and the the air changes to get the fresh air in um, continuously and and uh, potential germ filled air out, something on the forefront of everybody's minds right now. And then finally, on the operation side and sort of behavioral changes that you mentioned, Daniel, um, green cleaning is very important. you know it's part of the lead rating system, but just in and of itself um using healthy green cleaning products um to to clean surfaces as there's so many high touch surfaces in in any building um that we're thinking a lot about right now related to the spread of germs around covid um and I think you know something that we're going to see as a future development in the technology of buildings are as many uh, no touch surfaces as possible so Ah, uh, the ability to um, use voice activation like your Amazon Alexa to control things like uh, the elevator in your building. so you don't need to touch the buttons. You can tell it where you'd like it to go. and um, again, that's uh, reducing the number of touches and the spread of germs and um, incorporating technology into ever ever more pervasively into our buildings. So anyway, a few few thoughts there for you, Daniel, around those issues.
1: Yeah, Drew, thank you so much. You know, I want to remind our listeners that you're an architect, um, yet do not get so narrow focused in what you do that you don't have an appreciation for what other attributes can positively contribute to your building. And you touched down deeply on several mechanical engineering concepts and you also touch down on building operations and maintenance concepts in addition to wellness concepts. So really what we want to be is knowledgeable and versed enough in, in the attributes of buildings that, that we can speak intelligently. Oh man, that was a really bad miss intelligently on those topics. And, and I'm really happy, Drew, that my team has the editing functions <laughs> to, to correct my uh, alliteration mistakes. <laughs> mistakes <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, so that's good.
0: Yeah. So, you know, just a, a, a quick response to that is, you know, you mentioned I'm an architect by training. Uh, went to Notre Dame and did the five-year degree in architecture. Um, but a lot of the work that we, that we do now at vertical group is really engineering related, um, commissioning, um, you know, checking all the systems in the building to make sure that they're optimized for performance, for your energy and water systems and your envelope. Um, and then, you know, energy modeling is, is, um, you know, looking at the energy systems and the insulation and windows and R values of, of the building modeling that in 3d software same thing with daylight modeling, so very, very much engineering um, functions that we perform through our work at Vertical Group. So our team, you know, I'm an architect by training, but we have uh, mechanical engineers on our team and um, environmental science folks and, um, you know, really various backgrounds that kind of um, all, you know, biologists, for example, all, all kind of play a role um, in in the sustainability world because it you need to be a, a generalist. Uh, you need to have... Bits and pieces of information from all sorts of fields uh, to make your buildings as sustainable as possible. But a couple other quick notes: um, Vertical Group is a B corporation, as you mentioned um, early on, and we're a mission-driven company. So B Corp certification is a is is a certification for for-profit companies rather than nonprofits. So we're for profit. But we really have environmental and social mission as well. And with our net zero conference, we're seeking to educate as many people as we can, you know, as you mentioned, and um, and the work that we're doing, um, you know, it's the same thing. We're for profit, but we're trying to make a positive impact on the world every day through green building. And I feel so lucky that I found that um, role in the world that coming out of college, that's what I wanted to do was was to make money, but make a positive impact doing it. And, And that's what we do every day at Vertical Group. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Daniel, for the opportunity. And it's been great to connect with you here today.
1: Yeah, and Drew, thank you for circling back to to the big wellness key. And when I'm saying big wellness key, B Corps really are making a positive difference because your focus is on the wellness of society. And, And like you said, generalist. Uh, in, in many attributes. So it's it's huge. And I wanted to circle back to the B Corp before we close today and um, in, in talk about the importance of it. And you articulated it so awesomely. Um, this is typical for our audience. Drew and I schedule a, a five-minute quick catch-up chat that turns into at least a half hour. And I'm really thrilled that, that you were uh, able to share your time and knowledge with me as always. And this time specifically with our audience on Build for Impact. Thank you again, everyone. So happy to do
0: it, Daniel. Thank you. And thank you for your leadership through years and as a lead fellow and
1: leader in the green building world. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. We've, we've known each other for 10 years, and I don't want to quit collaborating for at least another 10, because there's so much work that we can do and need to do. We will. We have a lot to do together.
0: Looking forward to it.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to sign off, and thank you so much to uh, everybody. Look forward to future issues of uh, our Build for Impact blog uh, from Scale. And if you've got interest in stuff that Drew and I shared, please reach out to us and request that uh, we get back on and focus on other topics you may have of interest.